We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS MLB Podcast Wednesday edition. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined once again by John McKechnie. And we're coming at you at, on August 16 with pennant and wildcard races, keeping fans hopeful for almost all MLB clubs. John, that second wildcard's been a great add-on to boost MLB attendance and keep intrigue higher, longer than for a lot of clubs than uh, before the thing was instituted. I'm a fan of this thing, but that one-game wildcard playoff is a pretty p- tough thing to look at, too. What are your thoughts on that whole situation? Um, I, you know, I do think it, it's, a good, it's a good thing to, to have that play-in game. And, you know, uh, I understand where, where it's countered the logic of, of baseball, where uh, the, the large 162-game sample size uh, is something that, that gives credence to the teams that, that perform well over the long stretch and sort of um, takes away the chances of, of being lucky over the course of that span. And then in a one game setting, uh, that's all completely out the window, you know, not completely unlike how in hockey, uh, games are determined by a shootout. I, I understand uh, the gripes, but I mean, uh, like, like you mentioned leading off, it, it's, it makes it so exciting and it does keep fan bases engaged. I mean, look at the American league right yeah. now. If you're, if you're hovering around 500, you're in it. And, you know, in the dog days of summer and in, in mid August, um, in years past where hovering around 500 kind of means that you, you're starting to look ahead to football season. Uh, now, now you, you're looking forward to every day. Um, your team is still having a chance to climb up the standing. So I, I do love the, the, 
the uh, the two wild card system. I know it's not a perfect system, um, but it, it's the best thing that we have going right now in terms of uh, changing the playoff format. Yeah, you know, I've tried to bury my own team, the the Blue Jays, but they're sitting there, three and a half games out of the wild card. They certainly have six other teams to climb over so you know is the glass half full or glass half empty the way you look at it uh, i guess determines your your opinion and over but over in the western uh, the uh, national league i should say it's a little more spread out the the rockies and the and the car and the diamondbacks certainly seem to have a five-game bulge on the rest of the competition so most of the wild card intrigue is over in the american league where you and i do most of our hunting for interest's sake john so uh, at least you and i can be happy that our teams still have a bit of a shot but in the national league uh, the playoff races are just about set so uh, we'll enjoy it for as long as we can and uh, thank the commissioner and and all his uh, friends for keeping this idea afloat i i like it uh, for the sake of interest in my team and the current situation for sure absolutely john before we get into our breakdown of fan picks for tonight's games i'm inviting our listeners to follow me paul bruno at statsman 22 and you can follow john who's been a great follow ever since he joined me i wonder if there's a coincidence there at johnny mckex john <laughs> does a fine job with college football and and that's going to get up and running very soon too we'll talk about that and more in coming weeks with uh, john doing a great job with mario puig over on that uh, side of the rotowire ledger John, let's go through the matchups with a quick preview of projected starters. There's nine games on the slate that begin uh, after 7 o'clock tonight. Take us through the first five. All right, running run through uh, the start of tonight's slate, we got uh, the Rays with Jake Faria, rookie sensation, 319 ERA, 5-3 and three record, going up to your neck of the woods to face the Blue Jays uh, with Marcus Stroman taking them out, 10-6 and six record, a flat 3-0 ERA there. Uh, Blue Jays minus 145 home favorites. That's an 8.5 implied over under, starting off at 7.07 Eastern. Then we have the Yankees with their newly acquired Jaime Garcia, 1-1 one one record with a 5-8-2 ERA when pitching for an American League team this year, uh, but the Yankees are favored in this one, minus 160 favorites, nine uh, flat nine um, over under in that one, going against the Mets, and uh, I believe Seth Lugo might be injured. It might be Robert Gesellman uh, moving yeah, in you're right. uh, to the rotation you're for the right. Mets. Uh, either way, a bit of a tin can <laughs> scenario yeah, yeah. there uh, for the Mets. Five and three. Uh, I'm not sure what Gesellman's numbers are off the top of my head, uh, but they're not particularly appealing, especially going against the Yankees. Uh, then we have the Cardinals with Lance Lynn, 10-6 record, 3-1-2 ERA, going to Fenway to face Eduardo Rodriguez and the Red Sox, 4-3 and record, 3-8 ERA for him. Red Sox minus 145 favorites, 9.5 is the over-under at Fenway. Tigers with Annabelle Sanchez. Three and three record, six five nine ERA, going down to Texas to face their ace. Uh, now that you Darvish is gone, we got Cole Hamels, seven one record, three three one ERA, minus one eighty five home favorites for the Rangers, but a high over under in this one ten and a half. Uh, that's an eight oh five Eastern start, and then the Reds with Homer Bailey, four and six record, a brutal eight three one ERA, going to Wrigley to face the Cubs and John Lackey, who hasn't been particularly sharp in his own right, but he does have ten wins on the season nine losses though 482 uh era the cubs really heavy home favorites in this one uh minus 200 favorites and the over under is nine and a half john you mentioned gaselman is in fact the starter for the mets in that subway series matchup the over under set at nine but the era of these guys averages around six each so i'm definitely taking the over in that much matchup tonight uh gaselman for his part five and five with a 616 era to year to date so boy oh boy expect the balls to fly <laughs> out there in new york uh in the latter games on the slate we got the diamondbacks and taiwan walker with a six and six mark 
market. 3.76 ERA against Houston and Charlie Morton. That's a pretty good matchup. He's nine and five of the 3.83 ERA. The home side, the Astros are favored at minus 150. The over/under at nine runs flat. The 8-10 start there. The Indians, the surging Cleveland Indians, and Carlos Carrasco, who's 11 and five with a 3.83 ERA. They're a visitor favorite, minus 180 and nine over/under. Uh, and they're in Minnesota against Cal Gibson. This is the reason why, folks. The guy's six and nine. The ERA 6.02. He's been hit hit hard recently, and uh, they're they're a big under underdog as a result of this. A wide-ranging matchup. Uh, Atlanta with Mike Fultonevich. Uh, he's 10 and 7, a 4.29 ERA. They visit Colorado and John Gray, with a, who has uh, got a 4 and 2 mark with a 4.92 ERA. The Rockies are a home favorite at minus 160, over/under a pretty high 11 and a half. Both offenses are are in gear right now in a, in a park where the ball will fly. So that over/under might be uh, might be pretty accurately set there. And for that 8:40 start, then the last game on the slate with the biggest spread I think we've seen on the season in terms of the money line. Uh, the Dodgers are a home favorite minus three. <laughs> that is absurd. Three forty-five. It's like they're not even in the same level. I had to check this to see uh, three or four <laughs> times over the last 24 hours, John. I've never seen anything like this in the history of my involvement with FanDuel. It's just so, insulting. So, and it was one to one last night going into the eighth inning before the Dodgers woke up I mean I it's mean, crazy geez. yeah disrespectful Carlos Rodon and the White Sox they're one and four his one and four record and a 424 ERA against the Dodgers and you Darvish who's been lights out since uh, actually even before he was traded he he's had he's got two and oh record and a 150 ERA for Los Angeles but he's been uh, really really sharp over the last 10 times he's hit the mound the uh, the money lines at minus one 345 is suggested the uh, over under set at seven and a half and you talked about the score last night it could be a similar uh, thing today uh, I think the Dodgers are going to find it a little easier to score a few more runs though for that 10-10 start John let's get into this thing beginning with our starting pitchers let's take a look at the top end of the FanDuel board where we see Darvish and Carrasco as the only two hurdlers above priced above $9,000 tonight is either one of these guys going to get the nod for you um, I, I think uh, cases can certainly be made for for both. I'm probably going to go a little bit down the board because there are so many uh, bad pitchers tonight that I do want to load up on bats. But uh, you look at a guy like Darvish, uh, since he's come over to the Dodgers, he's been absolutely ridiculous. 20 strikeouts in just 12 innings of work. Um, and, you know, he's going against a White Sox team that has some plate discipline. I think they're striking out under 20 percent over the last month, which is which is a pretty strong mark considering how high strikeout rates are uh, across the league this season. But, uh, you know, this is a situation where Darvish, I assume, uh, is going to get some run support, even though the Dodgers are facing a left-handed pitcher in their own right. Uh, Dodgers tend to hit righties a little bit better, but still, uh, this is a very favorable matchup. Obviously, we saw the astronomical uh, odds uh, in the Dodgers' favor in this one. So if you want to pony up 10-4 uh, for Darvish, certainly uh, worth it. And then Carlos Carrasco is, is, you know, a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde type of guy, but, uh, when he's on the road, he's except for his start, uh, out in Boston earlier this month, he's been pretty, uh, dominant overall. You know, he just came off a, a eight scoreless, 10 strikeout appearance in Tampa Bay the other week, uh, or, or in his last start, his overall numbers, away from uh, progressive field 309 ERA 104 whip 87 strikeouts in 78 and two-thirds innings so those are pretty dominant numbers I know the, the twins have have some pesky bats uh, throughout that lineup Kepler Sano uh, Dozier and, and so on um, but I still think that Carrasco is is a very fine pick 
uh, this evening. So I think cases can certainly be made for, for both these top two guys. Yeah, I echo your sentiment, John. Uh, Darvish, for his part, has been really dominant, not just since he went, moved over to L.A., but in five of his last six starts, which have included 49 strikeouts over 37 innings pitched. Carrasco, for his part, has topped 10 strikeouts in three of the seven his last seven starts, inclu- implying the fact uh, that you said that he's kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde guy. His price tag has much to do as much to to do with the opposing starter and Kyle Gibson, in my opinion. There, so yes, uh, in, in the tier between eighty nine hundred and seventy six hundred dollars, John, uh, let's look at this group and uh, where I really like uh, Marcus Stroman versus Tampa tonight. He's been a quality start pitching machine of late, allowing three earned runs or less in no fewer than eight of his last nine starts. He's been clutch in big games for this club for. Uh, for ever since he came on the scene in Toronto and tonight certainly qualifies as one of those deals next on the list is Cole Hamill's price at $8,600 but his strikeouts rate is down from career norms John and he faces a lot of a lot of righty power in that lineup tonight for me that's not as good a fit uh, in terms of the top two guys that are in this range what do you think about not only these guys but the rest of the guys in this grouping uh, yeah, Hamels. Hamels. Uh, when, when looking through it initially um, uh, of this of this tier, I did like him uh, a fair bit because of the matchup. But then you also have to consider, you know, this is a Texas ballpark where the where the ball can fly out. Uh, the ball is going to be flying out um, to left field, so that that plays to right-handers' advantages against a guy like Cole Hamels, who's a southpaw. Um, so, and, and you also mentioned the the strangely uh, low strikeout numbers. Cole Hamels has been solid at home overall this season. I think his ERA is just, or, oh, it's uh, under three. It's a two six six uh, at home this season. Um, so that's obviously positive. But uh, the, the, this Dodgers team, or uh, this Tigers team, I'm sorry, uh, can be pretty tough. Um, so I, I'm probably off of Cole Hamels overall. Uh, Faria was my gut pick initially uh, going against Stroman, but. Yeah, the, the Stroman factor there uh, kind of scares me off of him. And anyway, I tried to kind of uh, twist the numbers to make them look favorable for, for Faria. I just really couldn't do it. You know, uh, coming coming out of his last five starts, uh, really dominant strikeout rate. That's something that he was doing uh, down in the minors at, at an eye-popping clip. He's carried that uh, to the pros. But at the same time, it, it, you know, he has been relatively hittable. Uh, giving up some runs, not going particularly deep into games. Um, so I think that, that those kind of uh, drive down his his intrigue as far as uh, a DFS uh, consideration goes. Yeah, and I mean, Carlos Rodon is in this range at $7,700, but boy, oh boy, against you, Darvish, and that hot Los Angeles Dodgers machine, uh, I think you got to discount him in this range too. But if we look a little bit lower, John, into that group uh, below $7,300, I think there's a couple of intriguing names down here, and I'll mention a couple of them. One for me is Fulton of the Braves as he's really settled down over his last few weeks throwing up seven quality starts in his last 10 outings though two of those have been in his last three starts so it's uh, depending on the range that you uh, evaluate this guy over it could be a good bet bet or a bad bet for you going in I like him today though because of the matchup against the Rockies and John Gray who's been much more ordinary throughout that period uh, than than Fulton so I like the offense that that he's got in support of him and uh, so I, I think he's a pretty favorable look there and I also feel that John Lackey over the Reds is a pretty good bet, mostly because of Homer Bailey tossing on the other side. He's been awful this year. And so that gives yeah. me uh, the feeling that there's a very high win probability for the Cubs. And Lackey tends to be an inning eater. So he'll hang around long enough, pile up a few strikeouts and, and should get an easy win here, John. That's my thoughts in this group. What do you think? Um, I, I would go on the other side of that of that Braves-Rockies uh, matchup. I think that, that that game is just interesting overall. Um, but this is a case where I think John Gray, uh, for a pitcher of his quality, uh, for him to be priced below 
Uh, 7,000 is interesting. He's, he's down at 6,700 and he's one of those few pitchers that, that is, uh, better at cores than he is on the road. Um, and that that's held true, not just this year, but, but last season as well. Uh, this year he's got a three, three Oh ERA, um, a one, three, three whip. So not particularly great whip at home, but, but still he's only given up two home runs, uh, at Coors field this season. It's a bit of a limited sample size, so you can't really completely hang your hat on, on all of his home statistics this year. Um, but I think you also have to toss in the fact that the Braves have essentially been a bottom three offense in terms of weighted on base, um, as a team over the last month or so. Uh, so with that, I think that gray finds himself in a relatively favorable matchup. And I know that, uh, Taking a pitcher in cores is sort of a, like a cardinal sin for DFS uh, purposes, but uh, I think tonight, you know, it goes against the grain enough uh, to where it works. And I think you look, you know, aside from faulty, um, there the rest of the pitchers down this list are, are, you know, very sketchy at best. So I think that if you want to go cheap a pitcher, load up on bats against some of those really bad pitchers that are beneath those uh, Gray and Fultonevich types, then, then I think Gray's the way to go. All right. I smell a loony bet versus a U.S. dollar. I mean, I handed one over to you when we met in Las, Las Vegas. That implied that we were pretty, yep, still pretty, got close, it. pretty close in terms of the betting that we did all over the year. And I'm going to keep <laughs> track again because I want that Yankee dollar next year. So, uh, John, let's let's uh, get a nod to our friends at FanDuel. Remind everybody that FanDuel's back and it's better than ever. The fantasy baseball is there for everyday fans. There's new contests starting every day. No busted season. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and compete against other fans. New this year, there's been an upgraded experience, late swap contest, which has really been helpful for me. You can edit your players right up to the start time of their individual games. There's no more worrying about a late lineup scratch or even a sudden thunderstorm. Non-late swap contests are still available too. There's updated scoring where uh, there's quality starts that were added so your pitchers will have more control over their own performance. We talk about the quality start tendency uh, on pitchers every week on this show and all the other that you hear on DFS. This is why. Then there's a friends mode where you create a league for your friends. We had a lot of fun with the Rotowire one. You can choose the days you play each week. There's contests that will be created automatically. Plus, there's a leaderboard that will keep track of how you all stack up against each other. And you know what, John? We can also tell our listeners that football games are already up on the FanDuel boards yep so uh, you know i'm looking at that but guess how i feel about ezekiel elliott and that lengthy list of suspended or injured cowboys players my team's in big trouble before that serious shooting even starts and uh, what's your <laughs> overall sense i know you're loving this because you hate the cowboys but what's your overall sense about oh the, trust me i i don't hate the cowboys i grew up with enough redskins fans that, that hated the cowboys <laughs> that it sort of made me like the cowboys you know but you know in turn um but yeah that that cert- the whole fantasy landscape has been totally shook up uh, by that. Um, so that that obviously uh, comes into play here. And you know, with that, you got a guy like Darren McFadden. The prices are already up for your week one contest, which I like. So you can kind of start your homework early. Um, Darren McFadden, fifty eight hundred. Uh, you got to imagine he's going to be almost a hundred percent owned in, in yeah. cash and tournament lineups because it, you know you're getting an RB one for so cheap. Um, but yeah, basically, I, I love that FanDuel has kind of allowed fans to to take a look at at how they view the slate uh, this early, and all the prices are are locked in. Nothing's going to change between then and now, um, so you can really start uh, getting things together and and you know paying attention uh, right now. And you know when once toe meets rubber on September. 10th then uh, you're ready to go and you got your lineups all set so i really like that feature that it's that's out this early yeah that that first game with the cowboys and giants for me is going to be an offensive uh 
It's going to be a real light lightning show, I think. There's going to be a lot of points being scored. I definitely think you've got to take the over in that one as well because Eli's got a number of options in the passing game that he can throw out there. And I'm also interested to see what Perkins does in the running back position as the new RB1 over in New York. So that's just a quick thumbnail on one of the games, but there's a bunch more and the, the, the prices are all up already, as John said. Uh, we want to remind everybody to have all the fantasy that baseball and football have to offer. In fact, at FanDuel, you can be sports rich. So, so sign up today, go to FanDuel.com slash RW. There's a special offer for new users. Deposit today and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries. That's up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com slash RW. All right, John, let's get into our position-by-position pick, starting with the catchers, where we see five names between $3,900 and $3,200, led by Gary Sanchez, who seems to be at the top of the board almost every day. But there's a rejuvenated Jonathan Lucroy, who's hit safely in four of his last five games and been on base a lot with walks as well. In, that, in the middle of that potent Rockies lineup lately. I also look at Yaddy uh, Molina in this uh, grouping, facing a lefty in Fenway, not named Chris Sale, and looking to make amends for that triple play yesterday. What about your favorites in this group? Uh, <clears throat> you know, Sanchez, like you said, is, is sort of the clear uh, cream of the crop. And I think uh, the fact that Gasellman is, is getting called up to, to take the mound for this one uh, certainly adds to Sanchez's consideration here. He's certainly a guy... Uh, to be looking at because because of the the favorable matchup there although it is in city field it's not quite the the band box that that yankee stadium is you know with the series shifting over there the subway series uh making the shift um lucroy and suzuki and flowers um and and tony walters for that matter down at three thousand all those guys to me are just mostly getting the course field bump and, and i think it, you and I both agree that this is about as as strong of a pitching matchup that we see at Coors right. uh, on a usual basis. Usually, one one team is, is turning out uh, someone that we we both could see getting lit up, but I don't think that that's the case on either side here tonight. So I do like Yadi Molina I, uh, among the among these sort of upper tier uh, catchers here. He's been he's been red hot since since the second half got underway. Um, I, I think that you know going against Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, certainly helps helps matters going against a lefty. Um, I think that 3,400 may, makes some sense. So if you're going up in this area, Yadi Molina would be my guy because Sanchez is a little bit too expensive for me at 39. Yeah, I'm, I concur. Uh, I like that call as well. Uh, I in the bottom tier, John. Uh, I look at a guy, a couple of guys here that uh, that are intriguing for me. I like uh, Gan, uh, Grandel and his power bat against that an or, ordinary lefty. We're gonna, I'm going to slag Carlos Rodon a lot today just because of the mismatch that I see. And, and I mean, we talked about the line on this game as well. The lo- the uh, cost for Grandel is $3,900 to get that power bat in against the lefty. I love that possibility. And to a little bit lesser degree, I like uh, Alex Avila and his platoon advantage against Homer Bailey, who's been a gas can all season long. Those are my two top picks in this tier. John, what about your thoughts? Yeah, uh, the, my only issue with Grandal is that um, it, the his his numbers against lefties overall, particularly from a power perspective, uh, aren't aren't as great. I mean, he, his overall numbers are fine against them, and and Rodon obviously isn't the pitcher that that he was this past year. You know, he started. Uh, the year on the shelf with that biceps issue that right. sort of kind of derailed his entire season. But I like Alavila a fair bit. I, I'm getting as much exposure to this uh, to this Cubs Reds game as I can, especially any game where Lackey and uh, Homer Bailey you're pitching. I think you got to uh, keep an eye on that one. Uh, uh, there is apparently a little bit of weather concern uh, in Chicago, so that's something you'll need to keep an eye on all the way up until lineup lineup lock. But if if the game does you know have no 
uh, weather impact. Avila's got to be my guy at just 2,700. He, he, Madden tends to throw him in the middle third of that really potent Cubs lineup that is really starting to, to come around. Um, and, you know, he's just 2,700 going against Homer Bailey. I think that, that that's just too, much, too many good factors uh, going in his favor to avoid him tonight. John, uh, at first base, there are six, six uh, usual suspects priced at $4,000 or more. I know uh, I lean on uh, Bellinger, uh, who's the hottest hitter in this group of late, with a 423 batting average, including two homers and four ribbies over the past week. Uh, he's the most productive guy in this grouping of late. He does face a lefty, but uh, when I looked at the splits, he's fared pretty well against the lefties. The uh, batting average takes a bit of a dip, but the power numbers are still there. The homer rate, pretty solid as well, so I don't fear it. And uh, we already talked about the pitcher that he's facing there, so I won't hammer at that in this particular instance. But uh, Bellinger is the guy that I lean on. I just think the guys at the top end, Vado and Goldschmidt, will really hamstring your roster if you go and uh, plunk 47 or $4,600 on those guys, for instance. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. Um, I am going after Joey Votto, but that's only because I'm also going after John Gray. If I was going after you, Darvish, then I think I would certainly have to pivot uh, down closer to to a Cody Bellinger um, at at first base if I still wanted to get uh, a premier option there. But Votto. Um, going against Lackey, he doesn't have a home run against Lackey, but he still uh, just has really dominant numbers overall against him. And uh, in addition to that, over the last two weeks, uh, 419 batting average with a 1.394 OPS. I mean, that's just astronomical. Um, and again, going against a guy like Lackey that that um, he does have some success against. Um, and I, I'll, I think that works in his favor. And I also just think that that 4,700 price tag, when you can get a guy like Rizzo for 300 less or Bellinger uh, at 4,100, uh, is going to drive Votto's uh, overall ownership percentage down a little bit. I don't think that we're going to see his number uh, creep up much more than like a 15% uh, this evening. So I think that that, that also, um, it, you know, aids aids Votto's case here so I'm going to go with Votto at first base even though he is extremely expensive John there are 10 guys uh, below this grouping down to $3,100 the one that jumps out to me is double E Edwin Encarnacion at $3,800 playing in his personal playground and target field in Minnesota where he's put up the top homer totals of any visitor and I mean the J, uh, the former Blue Jay hasn't even played there too many times compared to some of the guys in the division but that just tells you how dominant he's been when he's been there and he put added another one to that list almost had two uh, last night uh, he faces a struggling Kyle Gibson who he's mashed previously as well in their head-to-head matchups uh, I'll also take a look at a guy like Joe Maurer in this range priced at $3,300 he's got three multi-hit games in his last five starts and is 11 and for 25 in his history against Carrasco so those are my two top picks in this range who do you like in this group I mean we're talking um, GPP um, all or nothing type guy but uh, no one really fits that bill better than than Joey Gallo has this year Um, he's got a ridiculous home run total he's he's well into the 30s I think he's at 34 home runs on the season Um, and he's going to be at home and he's going against Annabelle Sanchez um, against right-handed pitching, 28 of his 34 home runs have come off righties. And obviously we know that, that Sanchez, uh, is not what he used to be from, from years ago. He's basically just kind of holding on as the tigers kind of try to limp their way, uh, down the stretch here. So I imagine that he's going to hang at least one, one or two. And, uh, you know, Gallo (laughs) certainly, uh, misses plenty in his right, but when he gets one, it's, it's going and it's going very, very far. So I I think Gallo at 3,600, uh, is an excellent tournament play this evening. 
All right, John, and uh, let's take a look then in any of the tournament-type plays below $3,000. I look here to catch lightning in a bottle, so a guy like Mike Napoli or Kendrys Morales, these are guys that will be hitting, hitting uh, mid to lower part of the batting orders of respective potent lineups. And in Toronto particularly, I think the Jays have a chance to run up a big number tonight, and if they do, you can bet Morales is going to be hitting with runners on base. So I love him in that, in that particular slot. Who else of these names uh, jumps out to you? Um, d- down in the in the twenty five hundred and, and below, really, um, I, I do like those calls at, at, around there and in, in the low or the higher two thousands. But uh, if Garrett Cooper draws into the lineup, he, I know he's been sitting the last few days. Uh, he's somewhat interesting going against Gaselman. Um, not a ton of power upside, but he's a guy that um, has shown to shown really excellent on base skills. Um, <clears throat> a lot of multi hit uh, capability there, and Dominic Smith too. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dominic Smith at 2,400 for the Mets. Uh, So on the other side of the Subway Series there, uh, I think he had his first career Major League home run uh, Tuesday night. Um, You know, he's a guy, 2,400, a bit of a flyer here. um, But if if you really want to punt your first base, um, you you do have at least some upside with a guy like Dom Smith, you know, compared to some of these other guys down here that, that have proven track records of being mediocre whereas dom smith is considered to be one of the best uh young players in the mets system it's only a matter of time before it starts to really click in for him uh so you're you're getting him on the cheap tonight again if you want to punt at first base john at first base we see four guys who are priced at over thirty five hundred dollars for me the guy that leaps out there's two of the names that leap out among the pack here uh one has got to be eduardo nunez for thirty five hundred dollars he's been a real spark plug for the bow Sox of late heads into play tonight on the heels of a horrid stretch that includes no fewer than four multi-hit games in the last seven starts i take that hot stick and i plug him in if i possibly can i also feel just about as good about brian dozier priced at 3900 dollars, a little more expensive but he's been red hot maybe the hottest hitter among second basemen of late batting 394 with three homers nine ribbies and a stolen base even in the past week are you on on one of them these two over the others in this group I'd say I'd say uh, generally I, I agree with what Do- what you were saying about what Dozier's been doing um, in forty three hundred. Uh, for as much as I like Altuve, that that's just that's awful rich for for a middle infielder, um, in my opinion. Without like the the sort of home run upside that that some of the um, top echelon shortstops give you. Um, but Dozier again, it, this is a this is a matchup against Carrasco that is unfavorable because it's it's. Um, it's Carrasco on the road and Carrasco has just been absolutely dominant on the road. So, uh, I, the, you know, you throw some of that out the window when, when it's a hitter as quality as Dozier is, but I, I think Nunez, like you said, um, I think you're right on there is saying, uh, among these upper tier, uh, second baseman, Nunez is the top option on the board this evening. John, I think I have to look at the, one of those t- top few guys, because I look at the text 10 guys next down the list, uh, to $3,000. I only found Ian Kinsler as a partially attra- partial attraction here, mostly because of that righty-leaning lineup that the, the Tigers will throw up. They're going to get a lot of base runners against Cole Hamels, who's less than dominant, his usual dominant self. Kinsler, for his part, also has a nice 5-for-16 history against Hamels, but uh, a lot of his mates have fared just about as well. So there'll be base runners, and with Kinsler at the top of that lineup, he'll be in scoring situations, whether it be uh, uh, on the heels of uh, other people driving him in or uh, him doing some damage as well. So that's the big name, I think, for me in this grouping. How do you feel about the rest of them? 
Um, I do like Scooter Jeanette a fair bit. I think he's checking in at a, at an even three thousand, uh, and he's going against John Lackey uh, again. This is a, this is a scenario where I'm already going for Joey Votto. Um, I'm not just going to pay forty seven hundred for for a standalone piece. You know, I, I want to you know get some protection and get some kind of stack action to my lineup. Uh, going with some Reds uh, against Lackey tonight. So, um, you know, not always in on the BVP, but when it stands out. Uh, to this extent, where where Jeanette is nine for twenty four uh, against Lackey with, with five RBI and a couple extra base hits, um, and Jeanette's shown a little bit more power this year than in than in other years. Um, so I think that that he'd be a fine play at three thousand. I do like the Kinsler play uh, as well down in Texas. You know, a little 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 bit of a revenge game there possibly, yeah. but um, um, I, I do like you, you know down this list. Uh, Jeanette, Jeanette stands out to me at three thousand. All right, is there an outlier below that group, uh, below three thousand dollars? That might be a good tournament play. Oddly enough, for me, John, I found two names that I like: uh, Jason Kipnis and Flores. There, Kipnis is showing signs of life with the surging Indians, and I believe in him because I believe a rising tide lifts all boats. And uh, so, I, I think the veterans just rounding into form uh, on the heels of a playoff run that I could, think could be a long one for Cleveland. He'll be a big factor down the stretch, I do think. And Flores, a power bat in the Mets lineup. He's got a four for twelve ledger with two homers against lefty Jaime Garcia so they know each other a little bit and uh, I like the fact that Flores has had some success there in this price range I think that's pretty good value yeah, Flores against a lefty is is always a consideration for me, but that that's as low as I'm going to go uh, this evening. I wish I could agree with you on Kipnis, but uh, I've just been repeatedly disappointed by him yeah. uh, throughout the year. And you know, he, I'm you know, uh, he's he's been battling injuries for a lot of this season. Uh, you know, he was on the DL for over a month with a hamstring, and then he repulled it uh, last week. I know he's back in action now, but you get you know, it raises a few question marks about uh, how good he's really feeling at this point in the season. Uh, so I'm off of Kipnis, but I really do like that Flores, uh, Flores call. I think that's an excellent pick if you want to go sub 3,000 at second base. All right, John, let's look over at third base where we see four guys con- to consider at $4,000 or more. It won't shock the world to, to hear me say that Josh Donaldson is my pick in this group, but he's been on a ridiculous power terribly, yeah. hitting home runs in no fewer than each of the last three games and really uh, on an extended run over the last month, you could say. He looks healthy, he fe- he's feeling good, and he's carrying this team so- as much as it's being carried uh, to hang out hang around the playoff race i love him in this matchup tonight he's a big player and a bit who plays big in big games and this one's as big as the jays have had all season long so i'm on him in a big way tonight who do you like out of these four um uh, among these these upper tier guys i think um justin turner also warrants some some uh, consideration i, I do love arenado uh, at 4600 and you know now that now that the hand issue uh you know he got hit by hand uh, over the week hit on the hand over the weekend uh that's you know no longer a concern there chris bryant obviously a quality choice as well i think beltray's a little bit overpriced here even though he's been doing better of late do love the donaldson call but justin turner uh, i would say among the among these upper uh, priced guys w- would be my selection. He's going against Rodone, um, and you know a left-hander, and his OPS against lefties this year, you know, complete opposite of how he was last year, he, where he was this weird kind of reverse split guy. No one could really figure out what was what what was his struggles with lefties, but this year he's certainly figured them out. 1.246 OPS against left-handers, and his OPS is over a thousand at home, so he's kind of a no-brainer for me <clears throat> among these upper-tier guys, and I think also. Uh, you have to consider um, Rafael Devers right. um, of of the Red Sox. Going, it's a relatively tough matchup going against Lance Lynn, um, but at the same time, he's 
uh, he's shown that, that he doesn't really mind tough matchups. I mean, he took a 103 mile an hour over all this Chapman fastball out of the park in the ninth inning the other night. And, you know, that's just absurd uh, cojones for a 20 year old. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that that's obviously uh, a quality hitter and he's, he's at home. I think that he's someone that that's also should be on everyone's radar. Well, I love the picks at the top of this board. You mentioned Turner. The guy's had a number of multi-hit games. I say six in the last nine games to show you how red hot he's been of late, but he's been red hot most of the season. So though shock that we both agree that he's a good look tonight. Uh, also gets the platoon against platoon advantage against the uninspired Rodon and the White Sox. And uh, I also like in this range the uh, Devers call and, and Miguel Sano also factors in for me at $3,600. He's all on the leaderboard for Exit Velo and he, he knows the Mount opponent quite well. Uh, he, he's done well against Carrasco 5 for 12 in their head-to-head matchups and I just li- like the fact that he puts the ball in play a lot against Rodon too. So if he does and he puts it in and play hard, I think it could wind up being some really big crooked numbers there. I'll also throw out Jake Lamb for Arizona. What can you say about this guy that you haven't said much of the season, John, already? This guy's got 25 home runs on the year, uh, 92 ribbies, which is astronomical already in early August or mid-August here. He gets the benefit of lefty-right advantage against Morton, and uh, so I think the ball could fly in that matchup as well. So there's a whole mitful of opportunities here at third base that I like in this range, but are there any flyers or outliers that you look at below the 3,000 mark uh the, yeah it really does kind of dry up relatively quickly at third base I, I honestly would recommend uh not dipping uh too deep too deep into the well uh this evening i know that longoria at 2800 uh is going to draw some interest because you know that's it's a big name for for a cheap price uh, there, but he was banged up a little bit uh, earlier in the week. He, he does have pretty strong career numbers against yes, against uh, Stroman, as far as I know, um, and just kind of strong numbers, uh, you know, against pretty much all of his divisional opponents. He's yeah. just a really quality bat. So twenty eight hundred, but I, I don't think I'm going to look any any lower than that. I, I'm not looking for for like a Gio or Shella on the off chance that he's in the lineup or, or an Esdrubal Cabrera, um, things of that nature. Yeah, those numbers that you mentioned about Longoria, he loves playing in Toronto and cer- certainly against the Jays in general. Nine for 27 with two homers versus Stroman. Uh, that's the best option of the lot. I agree with you in this price range. If we move over to, sh- move over to shortstop, we see six names between uh, 38 and $3,600. Do you favor one or another over this range? I'll choose Corey Seager in this group who actually has better numbers versus lefties and righties this year and I'm hoping that if I go this route that low ownership will come from the masses who value the lefty on lefty lefty matchup as a disadvantage uh, we're talking Carlos Rodon here not Chris Sale after all exactly yeah exactly that's a very good point you got you got to you know uh, you have to contextualize everything you can't just have lefty lefty be be like your end-all be-all right. um but I, I think um you know a, a guy that I've gone with at several points this year uh 3700 uh is Paul DeYoung uh he's he's just shown to have a uncommon uh power upside for for a middle infield spot and I think that that gives him a distinct advantage in the DFS game uh I know he doesn't have insane power numbers against lefties but he's got a lot fewer at bats but he's still OPSing well over a thousand against lefties five home runs and 47 at bats so that that rate 
is actually excellent. Um, you know, it's more than one for every 10 at bats against Southpaws. And he's going against uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, a left-hander that, that can give up uh, the long ball there. So uh, if you want to go up the board at, at short, I think that you could certainly do a lot worse than DeYoung. Yeah, and if we look at the next tier below then, let's take it down to $3,000. Two, two names near the top of this group, Didi Gregorius and Zach Cozart really leap out for me. Gregorius, I don't know if he's turned, uh, Derek Jeter left him some, a manual about how to succeed at shortstop in Yankee Stadium uh, or <laughs> playing for the Yankees I think in he general, did, yeah. because he's been a completely <laughs> different player ever since he's donned the pinstripes. And right behind him, there's Zach Cozart. He gets the benefit of facing uh, John Lackey, who's prone to the long ball. Cozart, for his part, has hit three round trippers in the past week. So if you believe in the hot bat against the guy who's such up to the long ball, this is your matchup here for $3,300. Who else do you like in this group? And what do you think of my calls there? Uh, I, I love both those calls. I, I'm, I'm actually going to go with, with Cozart here, you know, just keep him with the reds. Uh, I am going to be stacking reds uh, against Lackey. Um, once you go beneath, uh, there, uh, Cattell Marte, maybe against Charlie Morton, uh, is somewhat interesting. Uh, I, I don't think that Dansby Swanson is interesting, uh, at Colorado, you know, even with the course field advantage, uh, Swanson has been a bit of a disappointment, uh, throughout the season. Uh, Javi Baez, I, I guess would be somewhat interesting, uh, because he is going against Homer Bailey. Um, so yeah, uh, again, just really targeting that game at, at Wrigley field tonight, uh, with, as far as the bats are concerned. Concerned. Um, I do love the DD call, um, but I, I, I'd say Cozart is my favorite of this bunch. What about below the $3,000 mark? There's a head scratcher for me when I look at Xander Bogarts. I don't think I've ever seen him down here at $2,700. That's still a potent Boston Red Sox lineup. He gets Lance Lynn, who's a pretty effective pitcher for the cards, but we're talking uh, Xander Bogarts, a 280 batting average. Certainly the power numbers are not there, but uh, he, he's going to get on base, I think, and, and could, could reward buyers here. The other guy that I like in this group is Tim Anderson, though, of the White Sox. He's, uh, he's been on quite a tear of late. Multi-hit games galore in the last little while hitting safely in I think nine of his last 10 games so I guess he's one of the bright lights in in Chicago White Sox future but he's doing it right now too and he might be the one guy that but that could rise up and bite you Darvish in that matchup tonight that yeah I mean uh, you with with Anderson you know he's a he's a player that I think down the line is going to turn into a very quality player and I, I think that like you said uh, he's starting to show it, but the, the, in the Darvish matchup, I think it can, is, is going to drive him his ownership percentage to to you know microscopic levels. <laughs> I'd be surprised if he tops five percent uh, this evening um, for the most part. But uh, that, that's an interesting call. Um, I think uh, Ahmed Rosario, with, with you know, kind of along the same lines as my Dom Smith thinking. I think that he went yard uh, on Tuesday night as well, and he, he's going against a lefty, so he get, he gets the platoon advantage there. Um, so I think that he can outperform uh, his very cheap uh, $2,300 price tag. And back, going back to Bogarts, I, I agree with you that he's a quality hitter, but, you know, we talked about this last week. Where is the upside? Yeah. It just, it, yeah. you know, that he's, he, there's no power upside. Uh, you're really just hoping that he slaps some singles and, and gets some runs. I mean, that, that's best case scenario. And Lance Lynn has been one of the better cards pitchers this season. Um, so I, I just, I'm off of Bogarts. He, he's one of, he's, he's one of those guys that's a great real player, but I don't really like him for DFS purposes. Yeah, I think on name recognition, a lot of people are going to be fooled by that and, and jump on that sure. $2,700 sure. value. But for the reason that you just said, it might not make the most sense given some of the other names that we highlighted in the whole group of uh, shortstops. Let's move it over to the outfield, John, where we look at 
no fewer than a half dozen or seven even guys priced at seven at four thousand dollars or more. I'm fading Aaron Judge because I think the the bloom has oh, come, yeah. come off Got that to. rose in forty four hundred dollars. That's just not the kind of money that I want to spend on a guy who's who's been uh, almost uh, zero value for the past since the post All Star break. I'll say. What about on the other end of the spectrum? Are there guys that you like in this range that might be inclined to spend big on? Yeah, and, and, and uh, to your point on Judge, I don't know if you saw the graphic. Um, I, I believe the Yankees run national TV maybe over the weekend, and they showed the sort of line of demarcation um, where pitcher if pitchers hit this one spot in the in the strike zone and below, uh, Judge is hitting like 157 against it. So they're they're just pounding low in the strike zone, and, and Judge, you know, he, he's got such long arms, he's just completely unable to catch up to it. So it's been an interesting kind of cat and mouse game because he was, you know, the most dominant hitter in baseball the first half of the season. And it's been that simple of an adjustment from pitchers and it's sent his value spiraling. So I'm surprised that he's even still priced above 4,000 based on recent performance. Uh, if, if Benintendi w- was fully healthy, we, we knew that uh, his knee wasn't an issue. Uh, he's been one of the hottest outfielders in baseball. I know that uh, a lot of, a lot of Red Sox writers have, have kind of, led the charge in reopening the discussion of for al rookie of the year because of how strong uh benintendi has come on in the second half um so he he is somewhat interesting to me i think that uh justin upton at four thousand going against cole hamels though um would would be uh my, my like four thousand and above pick because 5200 for charlie blackman's just cost prohibitive in my opinion yeah the only other name that i might consider in this group is jd martinez who's loving life in arizona he was a productive bat in detroit but he's up to up to ante and production since he joining arizona i mean when he, when he first got there he was hitting a home run every game it seemed for the first few few days but he's still been productive of late and i like the fact that he's in, surrounded by a lot of power bats and and they will put up a lot of crooked numbers more often than not big series going on with Houston, and he's had uh, a good time uh, playing in the National League since he got there. John, what about the guys from, let's say, 3900 to $3,500? I like two guys in this range. Nick Marcakis going up to Colorado. He's not a big power guy, but uh, he's been hitting well for average, and multi-hit games are there of late, so I like the hot stick as they go to the friendly confines in Colorado, and I also like Eddie Rosario against Carrasco tonight in that matchup. Rosario, very productive back for minnesota of late gets the platoon advantage as well so those are the two guys that i lean on this group in this grouping what say you about them and any others here yeah i love that i love that rosario call it's very interesting um you know he's he really has been uh excellent of late i think chris taylor uh another guy that's uh, over the course of the season has been one of the more pleasant surprises in all of baseball um i think cespedes you know this is this is kind of hearkening back to uh my the, how much I like the prices on a lot of these Mets bats tonight. So Cespedes would be the expensive one that I would be going after um, in a in a in a situation where he gets Garcia, a left-hander, uh, at his home park. Um, so if you wanted to couple him with with you know some of those cheaper options that I mentioned earlier, the the Rosarios or the Dom Smiths, um, that that you could kind of sneakily build build a very affordable um, Mets stack, even with, uh, Cespedes at 3,900, uh, checking in there. So, uh, that, that's sort of how I view, uh, this sort of upper end of the board. I, I know that, uh, I, 
I think you mentioned a good point with, with how solid Marcakis has been. I think that uh, hitting at cores is never a bad thing, and you're getting exposure to that game at just 3,500. I think that's pretty solid as well, even even as much as I do like John Gray this evening. What about below the $3,500 range? I certainly look at a guy like Jay Bruce. He's got the power stroke working of late, 29 homers on the year, gets the good matchup against Kyle Gibson, who has the ERA at a very high level too. So the opportunity for Bruce to add to that total is pretty significant in this group for $3,300. I think he's the best power bat going in this in this range. Aaron Hicks is another guy who's trying to shed the 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 mantle of being just a platoon type guy he's been very effective with the yankee offense within the yankee offense of late and very productive in fanduel play averaging no fewer than 12 points per game in fanduel play on the season so uh, he is highest in this range in that regard beyond these two guys john are there any others in this plus 3000 range that you like uh sneakily uh, Mikey Matuk has been really, really like red hot, uh, not just over the last couple of weeks, but over the last month, but, uh, especially over this last, uh, two week stretch here, um, or after the, or this one week stretch, uh, 1000 or 1.050 OPS with a couple of home runs. And again, uh, he's going to, to Texas the, the, the ball is flying out there. Um, Matuk is, is sort of, uh, adjusted to to his new more featured role uh in that in that tigers lineup now that now that jd martinez is gone again cole hamels has been very strong at home this year but i think that people need to start taking notice of how good matuk has been uh he's a guy that i think you know in a season-long perspective if he's still out there on waiver wires is someone that you're going to want to target because he's he is hitting 300 on the season now um and i I think that you know in in a capsule of of a dfs perspective for tonight i think he also makes some sense if you're looking sub 3000 you're looking for guys who have a chance to light it up uh, with long ball power to me the guy the name that leaps out from the group down here is yasiel puig uh for the dodgers against the white Sox. we've already hammered on rodon a lot but this is uh, a situation where puig has the benefit of the platoon advantage the big power stroke as well and uh, right behind him i got byron buxton in my sights he's been on a tear uh, offensive tear of late the guy can beat you with his legs as well as his bat and he's going right now against uh, Cleveland and Carrasco in that matchup for $2,800 those are two names in this group that I would have no trouble fitting into a lineup and feel good about both picks um, I, th- I think Robbie Grossman, you know, sort of fits that bill as someone that's under 3000. I know he is going against Carrasco, like you mentioned, but, um, but I think he makes uh, a bit of sense. Uh, Granderson, I know most people, well, he's a, he's at 3200, but he's another guy, uh, you know, just keeping with my theme of, uh, I think that the Mets could do something tonight. Um, and I, I just like, uh, the, those twins bats at home. Um, even, even with, uh, the, the Carrasco, uh, factor mixed in. So a guy like Buxton, who's been, who's been kind of starting to figure things out, uh, in his own red, I think that they may, or that both those guys, uh, make some sense for, for that under 3000 price tag. All right, John, we've given our thoughts. Uh, it's time to put our lineups together. Now, what does your lineup of choice look like tonight? All right. Starting out, uh, at pitcher, uh, I am going to go with John Gray. Um, I just, I think that that, that Braves lineup, even though it is going to be playing at cores, uh, is something that doesn't particularly, uh, scare me off. Um, and then, you know, getting really into this, uh, the meat of this, uh, stack in, in the, uh, in the Reds Cubs game, uh, Alex Avila, 2,700 as, as my catcher, uh, Joey Votto top of the board at first base, 4,700, 
Hmm. Uh, moving down to second base, I have Scooter Jeanette uh, backing him up with, with you know some more Reds at three thousand, uh, and then pairing at shortstop Cozart uh, at thirty three hundred as well. So the, those are my three Reds at third base. I have Rafael Devers. Um, again, he's just swinging a hot bat, and you know we, you know he's a guy that we might not see below four thousand uh, for for much longer. Um, and then my outfield consists of Justin Upton at four thousand, Adam Duvall uh, at thirty nine hundred. You know uh, again. Uh, getting getting exposure to that Reds lineup, and then uh, Jason Hayward rounding it out at, at an even three thousand again, uh, going against uh, Homer Bailey, and I think that he'll he'll be hitting relatively close to Avila in the lineup. So I'm hoping uh, that that pairing ends up clicking as, as sort of a mini stack to help put me over the edge and help me cash. John, I haven't gone Homer uh, version in any of my pitcher picks for a long while, but tonight I feel really good about countering your lineup with Marcus Stroman on the mound against Tampa. I said he's a He's been a quality start machine of late, keeping the uh, Jays in every game over the last 10 outings with uh, no fewer than three runs or less in nine of those affairs. So I like him tonight in a game the Jays have to get. I also made the case for Yasmani Grandel. This is kind of a punt play to set me up to spend money, big money elsewhere uh, in the catcher position, but I still like the fact that I get a power bat with a platoon advantage against a so-so pitcher in a game that I think the Los Angeles Dodgers should win going away, and I think the money line does uh, agree with that call as well. At first base, a uh, longtime favorite of mine, Double E, Edwin Encarnacion, hitting the lights out of Minnesota. Probably the, his favorite park to hit in of any in the major leagues. He's made it his personal playground, and I think he continues that trend for $3,800 tonight. Jason Kipnis, I think there's an awakening here for this guy, despite what you said in our loony versus U.S. dollar uh, bet <laughs> is on the line here it's in, on it. in Minnesota. I'm looking for him and the Cleveland Indians to have a big night, and he uh, will be a factor in this matchup as well. I know you and I both like Jake Lamb. The power numbers have been there all year long. The stroke is in order right now, and they're running up some big offensive totals of late. He's been in the middle of all of it against Houston for $3,500. Good deal tonight. I made the case for shortstop Tim Anderson. A bit of a contrarian play again against you, Darvish, tonight. But I, I like the fact that this guy's carrying a hot stick into the matchup, and I think he'll be largely overlooked. And, and I just feel good about the fact that he's been going into the game on a tear against all comers of late. So I should feel confident, even though you, Darvish, is opposing him. Then in the outfield, I made the case for Nick Markakis, uh, power stroke, uh, uh, is been a little bit better of late. He's certainly hit, certainly hitting for average. Uh, multi-hit games uh, galore of late. So that hot stick in Colorado uh, bodes well for another big night for him. Eddie Rosario, we, I made the case, and you agreed that he's one of the hottest players in, of late in the outfield. For $3,800, I'm paying for it a little bit. Uh, he's uh, pl- probably the highest price that you'll see on him on the season. But again, the hot stick uh, coming into play tonight. And then I'll also add in Jay Bruce, recently added to that potent Cleveland lineup. I've got a Cleveland stack going here for today and really feel good about the fact that I get Bruce in there for only 3300 bucks. John, that's my lineup, and let's see what the Rotowire Optimizer says. I think it includes a whole bunch of names that we did cover in this this game, except for one exception. That's AJ Pollock and maybe Corey Dickerson down at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Optimizer li- likes the ra- the Rays a little bit more than you do, but uh, you know, I- I- I'm not completely surprised w- about that with uh, with the Rays going against the Blue Jays. Um, but I think let's see the, tonight uh the optimizer is putting a premium on on getting the best starting pitching on the board uh that is you darvish 10,400 uh coupling that uh with alex avila at catcher at just 2700 uh and then at first base 
We have Logan Morrison, 2,600, a guy that, that's a bit of a boomer bust candidate. Um, but when he gets into one, you know, he's, he's one of the better power hitting first basemen that, that there is. Uh, Optimizer agrees with you that Ian Kinsler is certainly in play here at 3,200. Uh, it agrees with both of us that, that Evan Longoria is undervalued or underpriced here at 2,800. So he's a guy that, that um, is one of the better value plays on the board uh, this evening, even though he's going against Stroman. Uh, Xander Bogart's at 2,700. And then an outfield of Justin Upton uh, at 4,000, AJ Pollock at 3,000. Uh, that is a pretty cheap price for a, a, a you know a player as quality as aj pollock and then uh at uh, rounding out the outfield at 2800 is Corey dickerson um going against toronto as well now it's interesting that this lineup uh, leaves you with 800 dollars in cash left so if you don't like one of these picks it's easy to substitute in the optimizer and just high- lock in some of the other guys and see what it's go up 600 go up 600 off of bogarts go to cozart exactly i like that call and, and, a lot. I, and i really like the lineup a lot better if you exactly. just do that exactly so something to consider and to play with that optimizer is a lot of fun for me when I'm putting my lineups together and oh, yeah. just a thought that we would put uh, put out there. Uh, another thought that we have is in this month of August, many MLB stars will see their names on waivers and occasionally one will get leaked. And I got to admit that the case around Geo Stanton is very intriguing. His name was on the wire and he got claimed, but they pulled him back. John, the, the guy's on a 60 homer pace and in an incredible power groove right now. Ken, is there any way that you can see him being moved in a deal? I know Florida's made some blockbusters over the, la- over the life of that franchise, and they have a real opportunity here with Geo Stanton. But really, the fan base would burn the building down, I think, if they move him. Do you think there's any way that they do so? Um, I think they, you know, obviously by, by having him on waivers uh, in the post-waiver deadline, um, I think it goes to show that, that the Marlins are interested in trying to get uh, as much as they possibly can uh, for Stan. I think they're testing the waters. I think this is really going to heat up over the winter and be one of the one of the most uh, interesting offseason uh, storylines to, to monitor because it, you know, after the 2018 season, we're going to have the Bryce Harper, uh, Manny Machado free agent class. But for, for this particular set of winter meetings, I think Stanton is going to be the most interesting. I think that, that the Marlins with that new ownership group um, is going to be looking to, to sort of refill um, that um, that really, really depleted farm system that, that has, you know, next to nobody as far as uh, promising uh, big leader leaguers waiting in the wings. Um, and the best way to do that would be to get rid of Stan. Obviously, you got to find a trade partner that, that's willing to swallow that that gigantic contract. Um, but I think that if they can do it, uh, you kind of have to. I know that the fan base is not going to be particularly happy about it. I know they weren't particularly happy uh, when they got rid of um, Miguel Cabrera and Dontrell Willis all those years ago, but you know, it, 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 and they probably could have done better with it, but I think they got Andrew Miller out of that, but Andrew Miller then versus now totally different. Um, but still, if you, if you go along those lines and you just really make a strong effort, uh, to refilm, re, uh, rebuild that farm system, um, and build for the future, I think that, that Marlins fans can get on board with that, even if it does mean sort of losing the face of the franchise. John, we started with talk of intrigue around the wild card. There's even more intrigue when you talk about the waiver claims that are possible here and the trades that may result in August. And the race for the for that wild card is going to go right down to the wire in the American League, at least. So baseball is getting it right, uh, keeping news on the front pages. And we're just covering a little bit of it here as we work around uh, building our rosters for FanDuel play. It's been a lot of uh, slice as usual. So there you have it for John McKechnie, who's a great follow at Johnny McKex. I'm Paul Bruno, who you can follow at Statsman22. And we wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back to listen to our pods on a daily basis and get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody.